Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Rode Microphones and Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Porterbooth Pro. How are you, chaps? How are we surviving in isolation? Sorry. <laughs> to me, this is like normal life, except I don't have to go to somebody's studio for a change. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of normal um, for me, really, just that there's other people around, which normally yes. doesn't happen. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for you guys, like, I know everybody's living situation is different. I happen to live in, live alone. My girlfriend comes here. Uh, we'll stay, you know, a few days on and a few days off. So we have space so we don't kill each other. <laughs> Not that we would, but you know, I'm hearing that uh, maintaining relationships right now has never been harder. And for people that don't have that luxury, it's certainly very difficult. Um, but for me, I have space when I need it, and so does she. And I sit here and plow through support calls all day. And uh, so it's not all that different. It's just a different intensity of work and focus. Yeah. Um, you know, but I really do miss getting out with friends, mountain biking, and being social. You know, it's if you're an extrovert, this is a huge drag right now. But uh, we're pushing through. We're pushing through. But one thing that I'm getting is contact from a lot of people with issues, um, wanting me to sort of test their Source Connect and various other bits and pieces. What What are the most common issues that you're coming across, George? Well, I mean, the issues are mainly just about understanding the basics of what Source Connect actually is and how to make it work. One of the most bizarre um, myths, in fact, I've been trying to pop- propagate a hashtag online called hashtag Source Connect Myths. I wish I hadn't put the S on. <laughs> I wish I just made it myth, but it's too late. Um, but the my favorite source, source Connect myth lately was uh, one of my voice actor clients told me that sh- her friends or others online have said, there's a confusion when you're on Source Connect. Doesn't that mean you have studio quality? And what that basically means is people thought if you're on a Source Connect session, then you automatically have studio quality because <laughs> your studio is now the quality of the studio you're connecting to. So I did a that's, little YouTube video about that last that night. That is some pretty magical was, stuff we're doing. I, I just <laughs> yeah. I did an hour-long Source Connect standard voiceover tutorial video a week ago, which, by the way, has, I think it's past 4,000 views, which is kind of blows yeah. my mind, considering it's a video about Source Connect. I mean, that's a pretty niche product. Yep. But the fact is, is like I didn't even think to address that in the video because in the hour-long video that I produced on YouTube Live with people asking question after question, not a soul asked me that question, but apparently that was a misconception. So there's a tremendous amount of, of, of confusion about what Source Connect is, what it does, what it doesn't do, what it means, how to use it, what's port mapping, do I need to do it? And it's just every day I'm doing at least three to five sessions a day about just that, 
Interestingly, you mentioned port mapping, and uh, I'm getting questions from some of the studios asking me this about uh, port mapping and static IP. Right, and there's a confusion about static IP. Some people think I have to pay for some business class internet connection so that I can get a static IP address in my home, not realizing they don't need it it to be, they don't need a public static IP, they need a private static IP on their land. I mean, you know, and and you don't even really need that. And you don't even really need need a DHCP reservation on your land if you're pseudo static. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, this is stuff that even the average recording engineer doesn't understand, let alone the average actor. I'm one of those engineers. You've, you've just nailed me completely. Go. What is it? Tell me, how do I do it? Uh, a, a static IP or just the whole port forwarding? What's, what, what, what do I need to configure? Or do I, you were saying I may not even need to do that. So what is it? Do so, I, how do I know if I need to do it then? So you launch Source Connect, and the typical version is Source Connect standard for voice talent. Below the receive meter on the right side, you're going to see your port status. It's small writing down there, but it says port, and it's going to say one of a number of things. Failed. That's not good. That means that you are unavailable, actually, for Source Connect standard. It means that Source Connect thinks it cannot make a connection given the state of your firewall. You might see port not mapped, which means that your port is not forwarded, but Source Connect thinks it can trick your firewall and get through anyways. The other message you could see is UPNP, which basically stands for Universal Plug and Play. With Universal Plug and Play, Source Connect asks your router for a port, and your router is supposed to give it. But the thing about that is that if you're layered behind multiple networks, even if Source Connect gave it a port, your second network that you're behind might not have that open. I'll get into that in a second. The third message is open, which that's what you wanted to say. So typically, if you want to check your UPnP to see if it's really working, after you see the message initially, you log out quickly, you log back in, the router will probably have left that port open for the moment. So the next time you log in, it says open. If it doesn't say open, you're probably behind a layered network, meaning that what what happens there is someone gets an internet service provider, you know, they have their internet coming in from DSL or cable or whatever, And then they go to the store and buy another router and put it in front of it. I call this the turducken of networks. So they're just like layering (laughs) networks inside of networks. And you're just burying. It's like a bunker. You know, you're, you're really buried down. Unless there's a specific reason to do this, you don't really want to do it. And the really frustrating thing is that all these meshed Wi-Fi network things are becoming really popular. And often they inherently basically throw another network layer on your network. So it means you have to dig your way out of there. So that's not fun. And I probably confused you. No, no, no. Am I better with... So my question that comes from that then is rather than connecting my computer to a Wi-Fi network, am I better off having a direct connection to the modem or the router? Hell yes. And the only time I'm not sure if this is entirely the perfect answer is Ethernet direct to the router, totally. That's the best way to go. Sometimes people can't get to their router and then they buy these power line things, which generally seem to work, but I've also seen them not work. Maybe your power in your house is so noisy that the power line can't work well. But what the power line does is essentially it does FM modulation on your power and puts your internet signal literally on the you know power cables throughout your house. So you 
plug a box into the outlet next to your router and you plug an Ethernet cable from your router into this little box that's plugged in and now the box is shooting pseudo-Ethernet into your entire house all over the power lines of your house. So you grab the receiver box, you go all the way up to your second floor, plug it in, and plug the X, the Ethernet going out and into your computer, and supposedly you're wired to your, to your router at that point, except you're flying over a bunch of 60-cycle power you know, George, are you familiar with these systems? Do you know what oh, I'm talking I've been, about? I've been using or recommending them for probably 10 years. What's your What's your success um, rate? Because I've, I've seen some don't work and some work great, basically. Cable companies were using them 20 years ago sometimes because really? you know, mm. some of the equipment required a network connection to function correctly. And so they were distributing these with cable, like dish satellite tuners and stuff, weird stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, so what you said is basically true. Like, I, I mean, I've been telling people the same stuff probably two or three times a day. That is, these things can be a, really, a real godsend or they can just not really give you a better situation than you would normally have with Wi-Fi. Um, in my case, in my home, it, with the ones that I had, it made a much slower LAN connection than my Wi-Fi connection. So... Because I live in an area with no other Wi-Fi networks to speak of, I'm in a rural location, I'm the only one in my house, I know what my quality of service is at my computer. So I've, I can pull off doing YouTube Lives and tutorials and videos and Source Connects and Zooms and all the stuff I do on the internet all day long and be on Wi-Fi without a single problem, like I am right now. But... For somebody else, that can't be guaranteed. There's no way we can guarantee for that for somebody else. So even a slower power line Ethernet adapter connection can be better than a faster Wi-Fi connection if it gives you more consistency of connection. If your connection stays rock solid as a result, that's what we care about. We want that consistency. That's the most important. Even if it's 10 megasecond or slower... It doesn't matter that it just matters that it's consistent. So I'll recommend them in most cases. I'll tell people try it and see how it works for them. And if it works, then go with it. Um, but uh, your mileage may vary with these with this technology. And, and George is right. It's about consistency. It's not about speed. I uh, like like put this into your Source Connect myths. Like how much speed do I need for Source Connect? It's like you don't need speed. You need consistency and. Like Source Connect, if had a perfect 300 kilobits per second, you'd be fine. And that, yeah. you know, dwarfs what people get with the most basic, crappy DSL service, which probably gives you at least, you know, three times that on the upload and 10 or 15 times that on the download. And that would be crappy internet service. Yeah. I've been telling people that too. Like, uh, if, if if you're better off with like some old slow DSL that's just plugged into your network, I mean, to your to your Mac, that's your dedicated network connection for Source Connect, then you would be sharing a really unreliable cable modem. You know. Well, well, um, here's a really good example to that. I I used to work at a big post house. They had, I, th I think at the time it was 20 megs up and down, which was a lot for the time. Um, right. Maybe it was more. It might have been like 50 or 100, but it wasn't much more than that. But it was still a lot for the time. And then they had a DSL line as a backup, which was literally like, I think it was 2 megs by 10 megs or 2 megs by 5 megs even. 
And they had an office full of people. They probably had like at any time of the day, anywhere between 20 and 60 people pounding on that big internet line. We found it was way better just to take the studio computers when you had a Source Connect session and switch its location to use the gateway of the DSL. So you know how in, in your network setup, you can, you can have your gateway 192.168.1.1 very often. So we just took the DSL line, yeah. put it on the same network, and made it 192.168.1.2. You go in your system preferences, you change your gateway to 1.2, and now you're the only guy on that DSL line. Way better than the bigger but shared you know, big internet line because it's about consistency. Right. And when the internet has a billion people or when your network has all these people trying to use it at the same time, it doesn't know who's important and who isn't. You can try to put in what's called quality of service rules, but that really only works for your upload because your router can say, oh, you can't upload that yet. I have someone who's who's ahead of you in the queue to upload. But when it comes to download, there's no way your router can go to the rest of the world and say, hold on. No one send us anything except for this guy. And once data is sent to your router, your router has to deal with it. So the only way it can slow down the the download or what it's receiving is if it responds to things slower. So there's two types of packets on the internet. Basically, there's UDP and TCP packets. UDP are unacknowledged, whereas TCP are, is acknowledged, meaning when you receive a TCP packet, your router or your computer says, got it, next, got it, next. And it keeps on saying, got it, next, and, and verifying that I got it and answering for the next one. So if you say, if you're receiving TCP and you want to slow down the, the download, you just start saying, got it, and then waiting a while, next. <laughs> and, and then you can slow down that person sending stuff. But if it's UDP, the other side doesn't care. For instance, Source Connect is UDP. And if the other side didn't get it, it doesn't matter. Source Connect is still sending that data. There's no time. It, Source Connect is a low latency application. It doesn't have time to have this conversation about every packet, whether or not you got it. Did you get it? Okay, I got it. Give me the next one. It's just here. next, 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 next. You can't stop that. So with a lot of these services, you can control your upload, but you really can't put a strap or a quality of service rule on your download. All right, my head just exploded. You may have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got some on me. <laughs> so now the room is full of air. <laughs> oh, oh, very funny. <laughs> so yeah, is, are those sort of issues the thing you're seeing a lot of at the moment then, Robert? Like what's seemed like you've obviously got an influx of thousands of people signing up for Source Connect. What's their biggest issue with getting started? The, the biggest issue is just a, getting your head around the licensing, and, and we admit that that's, that's a bear. Um, and, and once that's done, then it's out of the way. So it's just sort of this necessary evil, and there's hoops to jump through, emails to confirm, get your license, download your license. Once that's done, <clears throat> it's figuring out your network. And some people have it easy. Um, they, they just have UPnP working, and it just flat out works. Other other people they have um, you know they have, you have to dive into the router and start doing the DHCP reservation so their IP address doesn't change inside their home. Then you can forward the port to that DHCP reserve that reserved IP address, and now your ports are forwarded. That takes care of essentially your ability to receive from 
pretty much every connection out there. If everybody had forwarded ports, every connection would go through perfectly. Um, the next thing to deal with is typically if it's a Mac, the audio stuff sets up easily, quickly, not a problem. Um, if sometimes if people have an analog mixer in their scene, then they inherently have it set up where they have their Mac or their computer input and output hitting the same mix bus, and then you get a loop, and you got to kind of walk them through rewiring it's called your a mix Mac minus. And, right, you, have you to, need a mix minus, and that isn't too often, but that might be a hurdle if depending on what your your setup is. If you've got a Mac-y type mixer in your setup, um, usually the next biggest hurdle is starts to be seen on the Windows side of things, which is I can use my audio interface with Source Connect, one application, and then when I try to launch another application, like a backup recorder, Windows is incapable of sharing, letting the two applications share the audio device at the same time. And then you try to go in and you say, set the device not to be exclusive so that many programs can use it at the same time. I don't know your experience with this, George, but basically that typically nine times out of ten seems to be a nice idea, but Really, Windows is horrible at letting two programs use the same audio device at the same time. And it is. It is horrible at that. <laughs> it's it so is. annoying. Mm. But the next thing on that. Windows that you run into is virus protection because Windows is just, you need it. If not, your computer will just you know get infected with internet COVID. So the worst virus protection is the one that does the, the packet for packet inspection real time it's going to screw up your audio stream usually because the computer can't analyze every packet and get it out into your audio device in a timely enough manner to actually make cohesive audio out of it. So you usually want to turn off that instantaneous constant packet inspection. But the next problem is like these virus protection softwares, they see Source Connect and they think it's a Trojan horse because it basically is. You're, ext you're, you're establishing an external connection. That's what it does. And the virus protection software freaks out, quarantines the source connect, then you can't launch it. And so you have to wrestle that to the ground. Those are the types of issues that we mm. run into sometimes. What about you, George? What are you seeing? What's the regular stuff people are hitting you up for in setting up home studios? For home studios in general, it's just making sure that their studio sounds, and I'll throw this term out there loosely, broadcast quality. Because um, what the hell does that mean exactly? Uh, <laughs> it's a misnomer. But it's um, basically, they want to make sure their studio quality is going to be up to snuff. They want to make sure that when when that Source Connect session does pop up in their inbox and they have to do one, are they going to feel prepared to do it? And they, are they going to know what to do when the session does happen? Um, how do I actually connect to another studio at the time of the session? How do we exchange information? Who initiates the session? Um, that kind of stuff. What happens, and then I tell them things like, here's what you do when the studio says we need more level. Here's what you're going to adjust. It's going to be this fader, this slider, this knob, that kind of thing. This is what to do when the studio is coming at, your, at you too loud and, you're, and the playback is hurting your ears. You can twist this knob or pull this fader or do this or turn this. You know, it's, it's, I go through all of those scenarios so that when they have a session being live-directed, they're going to know what to do. And I, and I do it all on Zoom, and I'm recording the Zoom call and the screen because I'm screen sharing their computer pretty much every time. And I'm recording the whole thing, capturing the entire session, and sending them the video. 
So they really have no excuse to then come back to me and say, I can't remember what to do. (laughs) I just gave them a video. Mm. Like they have a video to watch to review because I know we're human. They're not going to retain everything I told them to do over the source of that call. Mm. And I'll take notes and they'll take notes and I'll do all this, but chances are they're not going to remember everything. So, you know, notes and recordings are going to be key. I mean, I don't normally bulk too much at an occasional follow-up email asking me a question that maybe we talked about. But when I'm barely able to keep up with the incoming emails for future sessions, um, you know, that becomes a problem. I'm not here to, like, keep charging people for support. Once they pay for support, I want them to have the information they need and then want them to be able to access it when they need it. And so... Being able to record it and give it to them after the after the call is really helpful. Mm. You know, that's mm. that's that's something that I do a lot. He's he's something that I, I've found because I'm certainly nowhere near what you guys are doing. But I've obviously the same as Andrew. I've had a few studios and and voiceover artists who don't have home studios sort of ringing me, asking me questions and all that sort of stuff. And I'm trying to help them as much as I can. But I found that. While some of the voiceover, or most of the voiceover artists are pretty switched on in terms of what they think they need, there is a small minority out there who actually have no idea what being a professional studio means. Have you come across too many of those? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the amount of misinformation or just lack of education never ends because most of these voice actors were told by a friend of theirs who's also an animation voice actor in the studio, dude, all you need is an Apogee mic in your walk-in closet and just plug it into your phone and record your auditions. That's all you need. And so that's all they've been doing for 10 plus years. So when they're thrust into a world of that's not all you need anymore, there's just a huge gap in, in knowledge because they've gotten away with the bare minimum for a very long time. And now they're, the harsh reality is that they're just not ready now for being able to just leap into uh, what I call a quiet on demand situation. You know, Source Connect directed sessions are a quiet on demand situation. You can't wait every three minutes for that jet to go by. (laughs) That's going to wear down the production very quickly. I have been telling people, Robert, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I would think that producers at this point and you know engineers are getting a little more um, you know understanding about people's home studios not being soundproof right now. I would hope there would be a little more understanding. I don't know. It's still too I, early I to know, tell. I know when I talk to other engineers, it is often like the dread of uh, it's a home studio. It's annoying as hell. What right? am I going to get? And and you don't yeah. know. And there's and there's usually no time. They're busy during the day too. And so it's right. really hard to get any sort of real meaningful test ahead of time. And plus the test ahead of time is usually five minutes long. So you have no idea how many kids that person has screaming in the background. <laughs> right. And and so Because they're not home from school yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or who knows what. So usually most engineers are like, uh, can't you send them to the studio? Now we can't do that. But often it's like Oh, it's easy. I've worked with that studio before. No problem. I know. I, I don't have to worry about that. That said, I've worked with plenty of voice talent who've got fabulous home studios. I mean, they've invested heavily. Look at Andrew. I mean, he's got like Neve preamps that people drool over and you, you do it right. And then it is just as good as going to the studio. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is you just don't know until you know. And then after you know, then that studio, that voice talent studio goes in the list of, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Trusted talent. Yeah. Right. What we should do is probably have uh, a proper discussion on dealing with crap audio and tips and tricks and uh, a few other bits and pieces in our next episode. What do you reckon? Sounds like a good idea. I reckon that sounds like a good idea. Beautiful. Happy recording, chaps. This show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. Edit by Andrew Peters. Using Rode Microphones and Source Connect Now. Tech support from George the Tech Whittem. And supported by Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com. The home of the Portabooth Pro. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.